0: Digital Marketing Radio, episode 100. How is SEO for e commerce different? DigitalMarketingRadio.com. I'm David Bain, and this is Digital Marketing Radio, weekly interviews with digital marketing experts. Find out about everything we do at digitalmarketingradio.com. The big interview with David Bain. Today I'm joined by Nick Eubanks. Nick, welcome to DMR.
1: Thank you for having me. I had no idea this was episode 100.
0: I know it's um, it's a milestone, isn't it? <laughs> it's
1: pretty cool, yeah.
0: Stuart, um, uh, the, the chap that was on the previous episode, episode ninety nine, and he was going, "I wanted to be a I was saying, "Well, you can be on two in a row, no, maybe not then." <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, I'm not sure, you know, whether to do something different. But um, I actually did a, a different episode back in ninety seven, which was going about um, a local meetup group and in- interviewing people live. <sighs> And that was going to be my episode 100 but that ended up being published uh, um, early but I'm sure this one's going to be wonderful though
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to disappoint you
0: <laughs> well a little bit about Nick um, Nick is the owner of um, top ranked SEO blog SEO Nick.net and he's the creator of the SEO training um, SEO training course master keyword research in seven days um, so obviously you can find him over SEO Nick.net so Nick, what would you say to begin with is the difference between being okay at keyword research and really mastering keyword research and doing it right?
1: Uh, prioritization. I think uh, that's like one of the the wastelands of SEO information is everybody in SEO understands how important keyword research is and there's all these processes for it. But um, I think, you know, if you're really stellar, you can understand uh all the implications that come with intent and and different modifiers for different segments of keywords, um, and you can really get your head wrapped around which of these are going to be. So here's my set of 100, you know, priorities, targets, I'll call it, and then from that set of um, targets, being able to carve out priorities for short-term, mid-term, long-term uh, timelines in SEO is still like this gray uh missed that that I think people are still trying to figure their like you know find shining lights to navigate their way through um, and being able to properly uh, prioritize keywords so you're going after the ones that are going to create the most uh, net impact and for e-commerce its revenue in the short term and by short term i mean you know 60 to 90 days and then be able to parlay the work that you've done for the the short term revenue keywords into more mid-term and long-term keywords whether those are paying attention to harder terms with more volume or harder terms with more commercial intent. Um, Being able to straddle that line um, between conversion and and, uh, volume uh, I think takes some practice.
0: Okay, so um, SEO missed. Um, Would you say that um, the the main challenge there is SEOs themselves not knowing really how to prioritise keywords or is it more of a commercial issue within businesses and perhaps marketing directors not really understanding SEO that much and perhaps not allowing SEOs to um, strategize as much as they should at the top business level?
1: Uh, there's definitely the, a big part of the problem is definitely the latter issue and that is uh, marketing managers uh, not really understanding um, not having their head really wrapped around sort of the idea behind search intent and and the bottom of the funnel uh, keywords that they probably should be paying attention to from a revenue standpoint and getting really stuck on these vanity terms because they're either high volume or it's what they believe people are searching for. Um, there, there's nothing worse than having to pitch SEO to an organization that's going to argue with you, um, but not based on data, based on feelings. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And um, y- you mentioned modifiers briefly there as well. Um, is that something that um, businesses involved in e-commerce should be focusing on or does that Go ahead, to- Absolutely. Or does that apply to any business? I was just what to saying.
1: Um, I mean, any business is going to have modifiers that are going to to push uh, keywords further down the conversion funnel for whatever their product or services that they're selling. For e-commerce, they tend to be more standardized. Um, you know, things like buy, uh, like buy for sale versus um, cheap coupon discount, um, and then like those are the really general sort of top level fifty thousand feet. Um, purchasing modifiers, the more specific ones are going to be, uh, tailored directly to whatever the vertical is. And the easiest way to think about it is the more specific the query is, um, the more commercial intent it's going to show. And I always like to use the, the example of, uh, like men's shoes. So men's shoes, um, could be sort of construed as a commercial investigation term, but it's still more informational. Um, brown men's shoes is better. Uh, brown men's shoes with black bottoms is better. Like These are still commercial investigation. When you get to uh, either a brand or a size, um, if those are, are things that exist within that keyword universe, now you're talking about a transactional keyword. When you're looking for men's brown shoes with black bottoms, size 8.5, uh, that's a purchasing term. That person is looking to find where they can buy that. Uh, that you know, The only way that you're going to get something pushed even further down the conversion funnel in terms of a transactional intent is if they have a brand name in there. So, you know, it's it's uh, suddenly it's Florsheim uh, men's brown shoes size 11. Okay. Um, that person is literally ready to, you know, their credit card's in their hand and they're just trying to figure out who's got the best price and the best shipping times to give them their money.
0: So what about building content then for such a specific term, you know, a brown shoes size 11 and, and perhaps a brand name as well. Um, if, if someone is typing in that type of keyword phrase, do you try and get them To land on a keyword phrase just focusing on a page like that or do you think it's not really worthwhile attempting to um, get those kind of pages ranked you should just be a little bit more uh, generic and um, build content um, for your brown shoes to begin with
1: Uh, I mean I think you need to rank content for each stage of the conversion funnel and then the job of the user experience on the site is to nurture the the user from each step of the funnel build the comfort and trust that's necessary to move them from one segment to the next. So having a page for men's brown shoes that lists all the, you know, serves the purpose. It's a good result for the search term, um, is great. That's a good head term. And then, you know, the page underneath that, the child page in the information architecture, um, should probably be based on either the brand or the size, depending on where the volume and competition lies. I always, almost always recommend building downstream. So, starting, you know, mirroring head Mm -hmm. and shoulder terms to category pages, and then body terms to subcategory pages, and then paying attention to the product and, and long tail terms at the product detail page, and allowing you to flow semantic relevance downstream from head to tail through the category and the product detail page. Um, but then also being able to send that relevance back up from all those product detail pages by, pages by linking with the semantic keywords back to the subcategory page and having the subcategory pages linked back to the category page. Um, the beautiful thing is now, especially with microdata, uh, you know, you can use uh, structured markup to let Google and other search engines that use uh, RDFA like know here's, this is the parent, this is the child and you don't have to use all the internal link architecture to send those signals. Um Airbnb was really the first company uh, to really embrace microdata and it's paid them huge dividends.
0: Um, so what about if um, a business is actually really getting started in SEO for the first time? Perhaps they're an e-commerce business selling thousands of different SKUs. What's the best way to get started? Should you actually focus on one category and do a great job within that category? Or should you have a broad architecture, a broad focus on your whole site to begin with, um, get your all your categories optimized and then your pages underneath that after
1: that? I think taking a broad sweep and making sure that you don't have any like just waste bins of SEO garbage throughout like a live site is going to help everything. Um, But as soon as you have, you know, 80%, you're 80% of the way there uh, statewide, I absolutely believe in focusing on two or three core categories. And those have to be driven, the prioritization of which what the selection of the categories that you go after has to be based on, on strategic business operations or business goals. So you're going to have products as an e-commerce business where you're either going to have higher margins, you're going to have quicker turns, you're going to have products that are a bigger priority for your company, and focusing specifically on those, so let's say you've got three product categories, that are, these are the ones that you know keep the lights on in the business, mm. um, of them taking a strategic approach, using keyword research to figure out all right, which ones of these um are going to take the, the the most time to get the rankings where it's going to be creating a sustainable base of, of online driven revenue versus which one you know are is there a couple silver nuggets in here where with a two or three week link building campaign we can at least crack top five and we can begin getting qualified traffic into the site for these terms?
0: So how do you actually attribute value at the moment? Um, do you still focus on the last click largely?
1: Uh, I mean, I just use I use raw conversion data. Um, I mean the, the uh, enhanced e-commerce functionality in Google Analytics has come so far that uh I mean I used to use a couple other funnel attribution products but when you have that I mean it, it's a it's a uh it's a uh try not to swear <laughs> it's, it's tough it's a pain um to get the enhanced uh enhanced e-commerce analytics uh configured correctly so it's actually giving you clean data but once that's set up um I mean that shows you where all your weak points are and that shows you uh, to the best of your ability, you know, what you can attribute to. I think what you're talking potentially about is like the the, the black hole, like, of not provided. Yes. And, uh, and you know, how do you figure out this stuff? I mean, that's that's the role, I think, that more than anything, where paid search um, still plays, the, or that's where I believe paid search still plays a big role in SEO, is, you know, you need some source where you can get that data. Um, uh, Authority Labs is a kind of a cool tool that they've been playing with uh, that, uh, that uses a cross-section, um, Against webmaster tools query query data Mm. to try to map in the landing pages reports they call it now provided, and I think it generally cuts out about fifteen to twenty percent of your not provided data and gives you some insight into potentially what keywords these were with some degree of accuracy. But um, in in terms of attribution, you know, logged in users, uh, you're just you're not getting it. But but
0: but also multi touch attribution as well because obviously one of the main challenges with um, generic searches is generally they are at the early stages of research and um Mm -hmm. someone may come through an affiliate link or a paid link actually prior to making that purchase and if you're just focusing on last click it's not necessarily valuing um the organic traffic well giving the sort of correct yep no i don't think anyone's got a an exact answer to that one. It, it is a challenge, but um, the, the main issues is, as an SEO, is is demonstrating value internally within the business and, and, and demonstrating that it is worthwhile investing serious money in.
1: Uh, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I tend to... Uh I take more of a macro approach on a lot of it where I will pay a lot more attention to organic entrances into specific pages and then use the e-commerce reporting to figure out which click paths on the site are actually driving the greatest, uh, both conversion and the greatest number of uh, the greatest revenue amount. Um, Cause the most transactions isn't always the most money, but I want to know the, both, those are my sort of operating KPIs. Um, and then I guess one of the other big things that I pay a lot of attention to is uh, high value referral traffic. Um, so, you know, if I ever have the opportunity to build a link, uh, for qualified traffic versus a link that will help send positive search signals, I'm always going to take the qualified traffic link.
0: Okay. Okay. Because that, that in turn will obviously, if it's decent content lead to more social shares and possibly more links at the end of that as
1: well. Oh, I mean, just direct sales. I mean, if I, if I've got an option to get a link placement in a forum, that's about, solutions to the product you know providing solutions that, that my product provides mm. um versus a placement on a da 65 site i'm going to take that forum link for the same cost uh, every day all so, day long
0: so for e-commerce then at the moment what are some of the best cms's in terms of um, native um structure and friend friendliness to search engines and um you might or may not want to actually share um a cms that's, that's not particularly good as well do, do you want to have a think about that
1: uh, yeah, no, so I, um, I've i worked for two companies that um, are CMS software companies, um, and uh, the best answer that I can give you is not a good one, um, but I, there, there's not a good, I mean, our entire uh, infrastructure stack at WLSA is completely homegrown. We built our order entry system, we built our CMS, we built our web admin, we built our shopping cart, we built our CRM. I don't recommend doing this, we're, we're in like almost three million bucks, but um there, there's not a really great solution out there. So I mean, like in some of our other um, microbrand sites, we'll use Umbraco because um, mm-hmm. we're we're a Microsoft shop. So we're I mean, all of our guys are are C C backed guys and .NET guys. So um, stitching together Umbraco and having to use reverse proxies to get WordPress on the blog and all this fun stuff makes my uh, my network admin um, hate me most of the time. But uh, that's probably the best open source solution. Both of those are probably the best open source solutions uh, that attempt to do CMS well. Um, they obviously all have their caveats, but um, for e-commerce, I mean, it, it all depends on size. I guess if you're under five million a year, I'd probably say try WooCommerce. If you're under fifty thousand a year, stick with Shopify because it's kind of dummy-proof, but the SEO kind of sucks. Mm. You can Use their Liquid files, and they're a pain in the ass. And uh, <laughs> I don't really like BigCommerce. I don't like Volusion at all. Okay. Um, and you know, if you're over five million, Weblink's a great solution. Right, um, but you know, not everybody can afford them. So,
0: and have you tried Magento before?
1: Oh, yeah yeah. we've got some Magento clients. I don't like Magento personally. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of education that goes into managing Magento, especially if you're gonna have a team built around it. And a lot of that education is is fighting these little fires that nobody should have to fight where the developers will do some googling in the in the uh, extension directory and they'll be like, oh, here this we'll just add this director, add this this plugin here and this will do all the SEO and this will do all the rewrites and this will automatically fix all the 404s and, and you know that's two weeks of arguments um, right there and it's it's the uh, it comes back to the old school of thinking um, that makes me cringe when I hear it which is the uh, we'll add the SEO later <laughs> um, just, Yeah, uh, which I tend to run into more so with Magento projects I feel like than any other okay. uh, e-commerce
0: platform. So maybe not necessarily Magento's fault but um the type of business that attracts Magento perhaps attracts the thinking that um, SEO shouldn't be baked, baked in to begin with? Yeah,
1: because it's, it's always, it's weird. The companies I run into that are running Magento where they're starting out and they're $10,000 in the hole and they don't have a site live and, and they can't figure out what's going on because they've been, they're using copy and paste developers and, and outsourced help and they have no clear direction. Um, or it's a company that's, that has an existing business and they've outgrown whatever it was that they were on. And Magento is this weird intermediate step as a platform, um, and and more companies than not seem to get stuck on it.
0: So, <laughs> so you mentioned that microdata has had a big impact on SEO for e-commerce over the last few months, over the last maybe couple of years or so. Um, is there anything else that has had a significant impact on SEO for e-commerce over the last year or so?
1: Um, I think the knowledge graph sort of starting to play into like uh, entities, you know, Mm Google sort of starting to to carve out and promote different informational categories into entities. Um, I think it's starting to really drive a lot of results. The biggest impact in in all of e-commerce, in my opinion, is PLAs. Um, I mean, those things are like, those are like candy for e-commerce retailers. Um, You know, any opportunity you have to get a picture, the freaking top of the UI is going to just gobble up, click through all day long. Mm. Uh, and the CTR figures on those things are insane. I think like the average CTR on a PLA SERP in from 2014 was uh, like 35%, something insane. Like something unheard of. Wow. Um when you when you look compare that to like average click through on a, a, a PPC text ad of, of like what between 2 and 3%. Yeah,
0: yeah. And have you got any concerns about Google wanting to drive people back to their own properties and um <laughs> instead of actually a- yeah.
1: If if I was in the insurance or the airline space, I would I would have just I killed myself. I, I'm, that's, I, yeah, they're eating everybody's lunch. Um they have all the data to do it. Um why wouldn't they do it? I mean they're you know, they're a business, they have they have stakeholders. Um, you know, I every good SEO out there lives in fear of of, of Google. I thought the one of the most interesting things that was talked about today. As uh, you know, the official announcement came out about the mobile update. and I'm not going to call it that stupid word that everybody's using. Um, was all the speculation that this is the update that has gotten the most press coverage ever? Like right. yeah. uh, Forbes, CNN, like like these major news publications that don't give a crap about following Google in terms of the algorithm updates are now there's widespread coverage. Mm. Um, and I love that it's been posited that you know that might have been the reason for this one. So, you know, <laughs> the propaganda machine is hard at work.
0: It is indeed, yeah. Uh, what about over the next 12 months or so? Have you any concerns or, or forecasts as to um, what SEO impacts might um, come down the line over the next year or so?
1: I'm interested to see if Google takes all the data they're collecting from their trusted store application and doesn't come out with any end-to-end e-commerce solution. Um mm they would be able to do it and do it on mobile so much better than anybody else is doing it on mobile. Um, I could see that happening.
0: I guess we'll also see what um, happens with um, Google and the EU, the European Union as well, to see.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to touch that one. That, yeah, that's going to be interesting to keep following um, for sure.
0: That's one topic by itself. That I could go on for hours about that. Yeah,
1: that's, that's three hours right there at <laughs> least.
0: Well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on wh- where digital marketing in general has been and, and, and where it's going. So um, starting off with...
1: Software I couldn't live without.
0: So what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success?
1: Uh, Term Explorer. I, I think I would. I think I would crawl into a hole and retire um, if Term Explorer got shut down. That's that's my go-to. I'm in it every day. Um, that's my base for almost all of my. If I even just have an idea, that's like to wake up at 3 a.m. with an idea, go like drop a seed keyword in there, click, click off a report, wake up to 10,000 keywords, and then run you know five, ten filters against them, uh, push it through the analyzer, and actually see what that landscape looks like. Um, I mean that is macro intelligence at the push of a button, it, it's, it's that's um, that is absolutely my biggest go-to tool. Um, a, a close second to that would probably be DeepCrawl. Okay, I've gotten so fed up with Screaming Frog and running <laughs> Screaming Frog on other machines and just the the delays. I loved it as a tool. I love what it does. Just I don't like that it's. I don't want a desktop solution. I want to pay more money for a hosted solution. And so deep Crawl has it's expensive, but I mean I think it has a very real market. Uh, marketplace um, I still love SEM rush um, and uh, I'm I'm strangely I, I've been in I was in conductor and search metrics both this week and was amazed after the fact when I reflected on them at how unimpressive conductor was and how incredibly impressive search metrics was so um, they there that the, the enterprise space is weird man because people will just swear by conductor. And I think they're swearing more by the sales process than the tool. Mm. Um, Cause it does a lot of cool stuff, but none of it's like that intuitive. Like I just, it's, it's in there for two hours. It's like, I don't understand what's valuable in here. Like what, where am I getting good leading indicators um, or good post-mortem? Like where, whereas search metrics makes it very evident.
0: Mm. There's a lot of tools out there that just mash data that's publicly available uh, together really as well and make it look pretty. And um, I think they've got to to bring something unique um, in terms of their own big data to actually make it really worthwhile.
1: Well, on that same topic, uh, URL Profiler is worth mentioning. Um, they're one of those companies that they, they're the, the abstraction layer and they stitch all the other third-party data sources together into this beautifully useful uh, report Um they're they're definitely picking up a lot of momentum um i think they're doing some really cool stuff so that's one to probably keep your eye on
0: okay and a slightly more challenging question what piece of software don't you use but you've heard good things about and you intend to try Uh, at some point in the near future
1: uh um i mean i really wanted to like Moz. I, i i i was a subscriber for a long time and i love i love the the base level metrics like I use DA and PA every day mm. uh, as a barometer. Same way I use uh, Citation Flow and Trust Flow. Um, same with Majestic. Yeah. Um, I love Citation Flow and Trust Flow. I love the size of their index. I'm not going to use anything else that Majestic provides. Uh, I'm a paying customer for Ahrefs. I use it to get uh, the widest scope of links. Um, but their authority score, I don't know where they come up with it. I mean, they've got a great index size, but that score makes no freaking sense. I've like. <laughs> You don't see site like there's these massive DA ninety five sites that are huge and old and 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 trusted and they're like uh, Ahrefs rank forty five. What the hell is that? Like it just doesn't. The, I don't understand some of that. So you've
0: included a lot of um, different tools there. So I'll, I'll uh, go through that, make a list of all the links and uh, include that in the show notes there on digitalmarketingradio.com. But moving on to...
1: I wish I would have.
0: I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
1: Um, I actually just had this conversation with somebody like a week ago. I wish I would have spent more time shipping Um back in like the early 2000s then, then trying so hard to make things good before ever pushing them out and most of them dying on the vine. Um, I had so many projects that, like I had this, uh, I was just in a, a Twitter conversation a couple of days ago of like people going back to their first website on archive.org and it was really funny and people were like, pointing at GeoCities pages and I remember like my first website that I, I cobbled together on one and one with some like mm-hmm. pathetic HTML and, and I remember like not, it was a resume hosting site, which is just like a ridiculous idea in 2015 that that was ever a thing. Um, but I remember like spending so much time trying to get so many things that were not important together, like get the messaging right and get the look and feel right. And, and none of that shit mattered. Uh, I think I only ever got five resumes on it. So,
0: But maybe by okay. working so hard on it, you've actually you know taught yourself the skills that you are utilizing today. So maybe it was worthwhile now. I'd like to think that way. <laughs> but maybe not. <laughs> Seems
1: to be The this or that round?
0: Okay, so this is the quick response round. Uh, Ten quick questions and just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. So, ready to go? Okay. (laughs) Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Facebook. Online press releases or one on one relations?
1: One on one relations.
0: Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number?
1: Email contact form.
0: Website or app?
1: Ooh, oh, crap. Uh, website.
0: Social subscriber or email subscriber?
1: Email subscriber.
0: And local marketing or global marketing?
1: Ah, uh, local marketing.
0: No, both. Um, it was only website or app that was just um, a slight struggle. Um, do you think um, if
1: you, you do your website right, you don't need an app until you get to it? A, like a, like, a, like it depends on the vertical. But I mean, um, you know, and we I eat my own dog food on that one. So you know, if you go to trafficsafetystore.com, every size screen is going to be a completely different experience. But it's all the same website. It looks and feels like an app on your phone. It looks and feels like an app on your iPad. It's it's just a website. Do you
0: think that apps are going to become more or less important in the future? Then,
1: I think people are going to continue to like the. A like conversation that dovetails on this that I had yesterday was that Netflix wanted to be your second screen. Like there, there's all like there's all of these uh, content. Providers, content distributors that wanted to be your second screen, and what they meant by second screen was your phone. Mm. But that that's not the case anymore. Like your phone is your first screen; it's attached to you. It's it's what you look at compulsively a hundred times a day. You know, the the your computer screen is your second screen, and your television is your like almost your third screen at this point. Um, so I think more and more native experiences are going to become sort of the norm as we continue to to go forward, and, and phones become more and more ubiquitous with computing.
0: And are generally still seeing people browsing on their phones and coming back and making a purchase on their desktop, or do you think, as long as if you develop a, a site that's really nice, mobile friendly, and easy to buy on, then people will buy um, just as much on mobile phones?
1: I think that depends entirely on the demographic of your of your customers. Okay, so um, not
0: not the industry, the demographic.
1: Yeah, I think absolutely. I think if you're, you know, if you've, if you've got, uh, if your demographic is under thirty five you know, people are probably purchasing on their phones, you know, they're, or they feel more comfortable purchasing on their phones. You know, if your demographic is 55 and older, um, you know, these people might, might be shopping on their smartphones or they're shopping on their tablets and, you know, they may, they may be more uh, more ready to purchase on a tablet than they would on their phone. Um, but the thing, I just think of my mom shopping, right? Like my mom shops now on her iPad, right uh because it's just easy it every it's all touchscreen it's like you know it's it's the it's, it's the touchscreen menu at Wawa or if you guys know Wawa at like McDonald's um you know it just it removes all all thoughts and all barriers to purchase the $10,000 question
0: so if i was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business what would you spend it on and how would you measure the return
1: uh, i would probably buy a domain okay um and then the the, you know the net i would have if i i'm I'm just going to make up my answer and say that i would have 12 months to measure the impact so um it would be based on the amount of revenue that i could generate from that domain whether it was direct or as a referral source
0: and so would you just be simply looking to build your own e-commerce site that um or or build an affiliate site What, what kind of site would it be
1: it would depend on what domain i could get um you know, if I could get a really brandable domain with a, a, you know, an, like a an big existing brand that I could leverage as a referral source um, for multiple different uh, shopping venues, I would do that. Or if it was a super powerful domain um, that you know, would be really easy to rank for a whole bunch of high value terms, depending on whether or not those, terms, those high value terms had direct implications as a, a dropshipper or better implications as a super affiliate, um, it would definitely come down to what was available.
0: Okay, so are you talking about a domain that's publicly available, or would you go to a site and spend maybe a, a few thousand dollars on it if necessary?
1: Uh, yeah, I would. I'll, I'll, all, all by any means necessary. I would. I would get a domain for ten thousand dollars. Right. I'd, I'd spend all the money on a domain, though.
0: Wow. Okay. That's that's interesting. That's that's hundredth episode. That's the first time I've heard that answer. So that's that's something to think about. Uh,
1: yeah, we we have a lot of domains. I think we're at almost thirty-seven hundred. In our portfolio. So it's it's something we take pretty seriously.
0: Right. Okay. And you, you buy them just for their, their branding ability for the A future. lot of it's
1: uh, the majority of the stuff in our portfolio is uh, brand protection, but then we also buy ones because they're good opportunities. Like we have stuff in the tennis industry. We're never going to be in the tennis industry. It was just it was a good it was a good domain and uh, you know it makes sense for us to squat on it in case at some point in the future we come across a partner who wants to sit on our our homegrown platform. We're in a weird space because we, we own our technology. So you know, if we come to a point where it makes sense for us to license it, uh, we're in a better position to go approach brick and mortar stores and say, "We're a technology solution. We have this digital asset that comes along with our technology. You know, do you want us to be your your marketing and fulfillment arm?"
0: Okay. Well, my number one takeaway that takes us um, to the number one takeaway. So you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but can you distill it down to one tip for people to actually take away and implement in their own businesses? Do you think?
1: Um. Figure out, pick 20 keywords for your business. Um, Base them first on intent, second on volume, and lastly on competitiveness. And then try to back in timelines and figure out how long is it going to take you to rank for these terms and what's the cost going to be. I just wrote a post on this uh, this week on on rank potential, or last week, sorry, on rank potential. And that's the notion. It's... I just want more business owners who operate online at all, but especially in e-commerce, to think about which keywords are important and what's the realistic path to get to get to a ranking for them.
0: Great stuff. Okay, well I presume that the best place for people to actually go and find out more about you and what you do is at um net. net. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say com there by mistake, but I knew it wasn't. So SEO Nick dot net, we'll just say that again just to confirm. Great. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much for um, joining me, Nick. It was really, really great. You offered a great, a lot of value there. So
1: thanks. Absolutely. My pleasure, David. Thank you for having me.
0: Great. Okay. And we'll see you next time on Thanks for joining us. Catch you again soon.